I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for the preview of UAE Team Emirates, the number one ranked world tour team in 2023. One of the biggest teams in the world, most winning teams. And they have some pretty exciting transfers and difficult questions for them yes. in 2024. In particular, I got some story time at the end. I, I have a question to pose to Benji and, and you, dear, dear listeners. So got that story time coming up. Benji looks scared. And uh, just a quick note on the account, because this podcast comes out the day after we record it. We are batch recording our previews at the moment, so we can't always respond to sort of breaking news. Uh, the Kian Otterbrook's uh, transfer drama has not been resolved yet. And yesterday, or maybe the night before, uh, Thijs Zonneveld, who's a probably the biggest Dutch cycling journalist, uh, or journalist who focuses on cycling, he writes in Algemeen Dag. Is that what it is? Luke will say yes or no. <laughs> Algemeen Dag. Close enough. I bet you- I bet you I pronounced it right. Benji always gaslights me when I try to do Dutch. Dark blood. Um, dark blood. Okay, and then because I, I always hear Dutch from the Netherlands, and then Benji's like, you sound stupid. But actually, he's just beefing <laughs> with his neighbors. I, st- I don't know, every two minutes I start talking about disputes between Flemish and, and Netherlands. Anyway. On a more serious note, he released uh, a podcast and, and an article saying that he has from multiple sources that Count Otterbrooks had been, well, he, his, in his words, bullied at Bora Hansgrohe, but notably Count Otterbrooks hasn't, hasn't commented publicly on that himself, nor his agent. So um, it's not really resolved. Getting a, a story is getting sort of worse. No one's looking good, really. Everyone's getting uh, slammed in the press. Bisma Lisa Bike, Otterbrooks, Bora Hansgrohe now. So... Like- yeah. It's just it's just unfortunate that we have to have the conversation about a potential bullying happening in cycling. So for the sake of the sport, I hope there's something yeah, it's not the case, but it sounds kind of like it is, which would be unfortunate. Yeah. Well, there's real reports of a group and I mean again Zonavel's words, I think an anti Kian group chat, but maybe more information will come out. Maybe it gets resolved behind closed doors this week. Uh, obviously, I don't, re- I don't really know much about what's going on for transparency as well. So, I'm just going off what Zonavel said for completeness. Uh, Daniel Benson and GCN contacted. Uh, well, the, the title said Bora Hansgrohe respond, but it was actually Bernie Isel. They contacted Bernie Isel, who was maybe their former or certainly former, maybe current colleague. He's sometimes on Eurosport GCN as an analyst or sideline reporter, uh, who's the name DS by Zonavel, who was sort of part of this alleged bullying and he denied it 100 percent. so i don't know um obviously if you uh if you listen to eisel separately doing the analysis 
doesn't really know much of what's going on, but that's by the by, uh, generally speaking. So, UAE Team Emirates, number one World Tour team, Benji. Did they have, before we get into their wins, gut reaction, a successful 2023? I would say their season is successful, but their main aim of winning the Tour de France might not have worked in that sense. So if we take a look at that, 29 World Tour victories of 57 victories, it's pretty damn successful if you look at the actual numbers. And it's not like those victories were solely in 1.2, 1.1 races. These were monuments like the Rondon Vlaanderen and Lombardia with Tadej Pogacar, two stage at the Tour de France with Pogacar, one with Adam Yates, two riders on the podium of the Tour de France, which... You're not winning, but that's the best thing that could come out of the Tour de France if you're not winning, is how I see it. So I would say UAE had a, a successful season, but I think they're missing the, ov the obvious elephant in the room, a Grand Tour victory, which it's hard to win a Grand Tour victory when Yumbo wins all of them in a season. So it's going to be curious whether the opportunity of Yumbo not having Roglic in the team might open up a possibility for a a UAE Grand Tour victory in 2024. So that's a topic I want to spin in later on. But there's so many victories. Like, I listed them all in our notes. But man, like, Pogacar next to the victories I told you. Amstel, Flesh, GC plus three stages of Paris-Nice. And then he cleaned up Andalusia in the meanwhile as well. Adam Yates did more than just third at the Tour de France and winning the stage. The first stage, I'm pretty sure. He won a stage at the UAE Tour. He lost... GC because of echelons, right? Yep, yeah, yeah, stage one split. Two stages Tour de Romandie. Yeah, you're right. Two stages Tour de Romandie. One GP Montreal as well in pretty pretty ex ex explosive fashion. Almeida podium the Giro for the for the first time, <laughs> plus a stage win. Ayuso won two stages at the Tour de Swiss and one at Tour de Romandie. Is it surprising that the majority of Ayuso's Welter victories or time trials? It's a little bit surprising. It's surprising how much he won this year for someone who didn't race yeah. before, like, May or April, end of <laughs> May, end of April, rather, because he had the foot issue uh, for a lot of the early season and off season. So when I look at it, wow, he had three World Tour victories, and that, that's what jumps out at me. I mean, uh, G mentioned that, in Ineos hadn't been surpassed by UAE because UAE was sort of what all Pagacha. And <laughs> you look at these victories at World Tour level, Milano, Pagacha, Gates, Wellens, Micah. Uh, yeah, Micah won a World Tour race. He won a Polonia sprint. Mate, he, chopped the, he chopped the shit out of Quiato or Morich. Milano won a stage yeah. at the Vuelta, won a stage at the OE Tour, won a stage at Guangxi. That guy had three World Tour From victories February to, the to team. October. That's like, that's one of those things where Milano's kind of, the, kind of a Bauhaus of the team. It's, it's very difficult to compare, and the sprint at UAE Tour was really impressive, but it feels like a similar thing. Yeah, it is similar. Like, Guangxi is not probably the... He's just always there. Um, yeah. No versatility, really, but is pure sprint. He seems to be able to sprint year-round. But yeah, even Ackerman won a Giro stage this yeah. year. He's back to winning World Tour races. Jay Vine won the Tour Down Under GC, the first World Tour, I mean, in January. So Björg won the Dauphin ATT. So they're winning from January all the way through to just the last World, from the first to the last World Tour race of the year. Stages are plenty, 28 World Tour wins. And yeah, monuments, 
Benji obviously spoke about uh, what was missing. I was particularly impressed, maybe as a uh, as an acid test for mm-hmm. their performance program, and particularly with climbers, the seeing Adam Yates improve at, a, at over yeah. thirty years old, at thirty-one years old, come from Ineos and podium the tour. First year of asking. This is his first year on UAE, right? Um, yeah. I had his best season ever, Adam Yates. Unbelievable level. I have him as and a top five GC rider in the world. It's not just as a leader that he was so impressive at the Tour de France. Next to being a leader, when he wasn't on the stick rolls on certain occasions, he was kind of playing the edge role of leader and domestique, depending on the situation he was in in GC and so forth. But he was better than Cus at being a Sepp Cus at the Tour de France, in my opinion. And that just showed Troy throughout the entire season how good Adam Yates and how important Adam Yates has become for this team. And the fact that he can also win one-day races like Montreal, that adds on to it. And I hope that next year, that's one of the topics we'll talk about later, he might have that freedom in a Grand Tour to really go for the uh, absolute victory himself without having to think about a, a second leader and so forth. But all in all, we mentioned so many victories. We forgot about McNuggets winning a Giro stage, Tim Wellens winning Renui Tour, Bingo Bongo Tour. Sorry, I misspelled it. Anyway, yeah, get it right. what else can and, uh, we say? It's like... Well, uh, the first were well, made, as you said, first Giro podium. So lots of good stuff. And I would say, uh, are you so improved and lots of positive yeah. trajectory? Uh, a few things probably can't all be positive, yeah. is that definitely there was tactically, I don't think they were great a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, not just, obviously everyone knows like the Behez, the Finn Fisher Black obvious stuff where the yeah. car didn't call him back in the Vuelta to pace for Almeida and then Almeida and Ayuso attacking. That's kind of, that's been going on since Catalonia 2022. So that was uh, 18 months of that not being ironed out. Uh, but also in the tour, maybe with Pogacar and uh, some of the earlier Italian classics, but then they did get it right in Lombardia with the Yates It's also, I think at the end of the season, it might be slightly bittersweet for the people in the team or the people that care about trying to win the Tour de France because this year felt like the gap between Jonas and Pogacar at the start of the Tour de France was closer than people expected. And by the end of the Tour de France, was much bigger than people expected. And it needs to be closer for people to think Pogacar can win the Twitter fronts next year. And it's all about figuring out, self-evaluating what the issues are. And it, it's not like you're in a situation where Pogacar has done everything he could to be at his best in that Twitter front. He probably has, to be clear. He probably has done his best to do everything he could to, to be at his best. but. He had impacts of, of the LBL and so forth, but also next to that, they seem to have not figured out the perfect formula yet because he he's kicking the, the same stone every time, which is that same thing we spoke about every single year already, which is um, energy expenditure in stages followed up by a very heavy stage uh, with lots of energy expenditure, with a, with a long climb, that kind of stuff combined together. That seems to be a weakness of Pogaccio right now. And the guy doesn't have many weaknesses, but it's costing him the challenge of the Tour de France every single time. So it's self-evaluating how they can fix that. And that will decide whether he can compete for the Tour de France. Yeah, because lack of mountain support wasn't a problem. You mentioned already Adam Yates could reduce the group to three riders whenever yeah. he wanted, including himself. 
So <laughs> he was the, he was the third best climber in the race, Adam Yates. Yeah. So that wasn't the problem. Uh, and yeah, I there I'm not sure. Well, we're about to find out. Will these incoming transfers, which we'll talk about, will they help with that big goal? I'll say up front, the UAE are winning the. They're winning the points, UCI points ranking next year by, by a much yeah. bigger margin than this year. Roglic is out at Yumbo, and they're bringing in guys like Sivakov. They're going to win this. They should walk it next year. Uh, and Sivakov's, I think, the biggest name, probably on the biggest contract they brought in from Ineos. I'd encourage you to listen to, uh, I listened to the Cycling Podcast interview with him, mm-hmm. with Freiber. Where he touches on his why he moved a little bit. Twenty six years old, prime of his career. Do you expect him to step up in level, Benji, like Yates did? Ooh, I find it interesting. As in, we've seen a Pavel Sivakov. Was it in twenty twenty Dauphiné, where he was really bloody strong as a domestique for Skinny Oz back in the day? I feel like we've had a lot of. Bad luck in Sivakov's camp and Grand Tours, but also some weird situations when it comes to not being able to show up at, a, at the Grand Tour because he wasn't selected, even though he looked to be really in form. Then he was really good in the Italian Classics last year, and just all that combined shouts at me that he will be great at this team when it comes to the Italian Classics. But I believe he can step up in the Grand Tour that he's being sent to as well. But I will warn you already, I've had a really, really difficult time figuring how to put their roster into three Grand Tours. Because there's so many oh, good riders in said, this. He said in that interview, he basically had, if he's fit, he goes to the Tour. There's just, and like, but, but that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ayuso said he wants to do the Tour. Almeida said he wants to do the Tour. Pogacar's probably going to do the Tour. Like, there's only eight people in there. We need some rulers too. Nah, fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> just get, just take out even Trenton and Stegel Langen, eight climbers. <laughs> just send squads of four on every uphill. <laughs> Why not? Try something different. Uh, but Why yeah, not? you're right. So he said in that interview that he's going to, and this is, it, we're getting straight to your point now. He's doing Paris-Nice. Okay, so Poggy will do Tirreno. I expect yep. the tour guys to do Tirreno because that allows you you're then in Italy, and there's an Italian yeah. Grand Depart, so that would make sense to do Tirreno, uh, and also Strada, I think Pogaccio will do. So, Pog will do Tirreno. Well, that's two big stage races. Sivakov said he's leading Paranese. Well, you've got Adam Yates. You've got, as you said, Almeida. Yeah, but Ayuso. Vine. If he says he's leading Paranese, that doesn't mean that oh, he's like seven UAE other people... Leading. Yeah, that doesn't mean that seven other people at UE might not be leading Pyrenees, because we, we, we've seen this pattern of UE just sending three or four leaders to every single one-week race that Pogacar's not at. So yeah, it's true. not unrealistic to me that Ayuso might show up there, or I don't know, I'm just thinking of names like Brendan McNulty might get some freedom there. Soler might get some freedom there. McNulty. It's a really good course to McNulty. Yeah, but last year was slightly disappointing in the GC side of things when it comes to McNulty. I feel like he had the stage win at the Giro, but I don't recall anything else from him. I think he's, I think he wanted to focus on stages, but okay. this Paranese is really, really good for him. It's like a it's a Tejpanot course, actually. Um, anyway, <laughs> we'll do that. we'll do that talk about that later. 
Oh no, we won't talk about that later. We're just not going to talk about Tony <laughs> Sparkle, which got announced. They had a bad day to announce it. They released at the same time as Zonavel's interview was getting translated into English. But before we venture into the rest of the incoming transfers, very quickly, Trenton's out, Ackermann's out, oh, Bennett's yeah, out, Formolo's out, Gibbons is out, Felix Grosch is out, and Polans retires. Of these riders, who is replaceable and who is not replaceable? Uh, all of them. As in except replaceable or not replaceable? They're all replaceable, except okay. maybe Trenton. Okay. I think Trenton. I don't know exactly, but I think Trenton's a Trenton's was a pretty good rider, pretty experienced rider, and especially when, mm -hmm. like, when everyone was. If you go back watch the Marie Blanc, if you've got a spare four hours, go back and watch Stage Five Tour yeah. of France and watch. Before Marie Blanc, the only person who was keeping calm was Trenton. And a lot of these, like Björk, just freaking out. All the other guys freaking out in the brake formation, in chasing brakes. Grand Colombier, sorry, Grand Colombier is the one actually, Grand Colombier. Um, so, but maybe Trenton, I don't know. Like maybe he's not actually a good road captain. He has that reputation. Uh, he certainly was in, he made group one in the Tour of Flanders. Yeah. I don't see Niels Pollitt making the group, that group one in the Tour of Flanders. So I, I, I think he's a better classics rider than Pollitt, but Pollitt may be a better all-around ruler, frankly. I agree, and that's why it depends on which classic it is. Pollitt for Roubaix, I rate higher than Trenton for Roubaix, for example. It's like the hilly cobble classic versus the, the flat cobble classic, and I think yeah. we both agree with that. But like, yeah. Ackermann being out, George Bennett being out. Formula is one where I do feel like they might miss something. He had something to offer, but I also think he's replaceable and that Sivakov definitely replaces that as well. So I'm not too worried about these outgoing transfers. And like you said, the Sivakov transfer, I see upside there. I'm bullish on it. When it comes to Paulit, that's something we've been shouting at for a year and a half, right? Or two years or three years, as in yeah. in the break formation. In 2023 as well, they were missing something. They're missing... When it comes to brake formation, let's say five riders go up the road. Let's say a second group tries to bridge. A second group of five riders. You need a rider in the peloton that slowly grapples that second group back before they can make the first group. And sometimes they were just jumping to the second group, which means that nobody's chasing the second group anymore. And then it would become a breakaway of 13 riders. And then... They're in the breakaway instead of having the breakaway card and like the Lolo stage. That's exactly that what happened. <laughs> exactly, but even bigger. Yeah, true. <laughs> Yumbo start jumping with Kelderman and Benoit. Soler and Micah go full gas chase. Yep. Actually, I don't actually can't remember who was chasing. I think UAE were trying to get in the break. I can't remember. Yeah. And anyway, right. it ends up with two Yumbo satellite riders and a break of, of twenty five. And full gas all day with yeah. Ineos then chasing a dangerous break and it didn't end well for Poggy. So, um, but even in the medium mountain stages, it's exactly right. On that point, Benji, I think they've had a fantastic transfer window, by the way. We'll get, yes. to, we're only a third of the way through the podcast, but the review previews, but this is an unbelievable transfer window, got to be said. Um, but how much have they added? If Trenton's out, Pollitt's in. Okay, let's say he's marginally better, like on stage 10 or 12. He was very impressive in the break formation. 
albeit making bad decisions, he was leaving Hindley on his own. Um, how much better really have they got in that regard? How is he? It's not like that... they added, yeah, more. I see their transfer window as like Sivakov being a slight upgrade and Paulet being a, a slight upgrade, but also in addition to that, just the youngsters that they brought in are exponentially better than the people that went out yeah, yeah. if those youngsters keep growing. As in Isaac Del Toro, like the guy at the halfway Lovin year, he was doing great, but he wasn't on the spot of like he's winning already. And then he crawled back the the deficit he had in the final segments and so forth because like whenever there's a ttt in a race like lavanier then all the riders on countries that aren't the 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 mainstream cycling countries the the countries with like eight riders that are fully properly talented stuff like that a mexican team like there's the talent is slightly limited there and as a consequence, Del Toro had to work with a, a team that might not be perfect with maybe equipment that might not be perfect and so forth. So it's like the man had such a deficit because of that and still crawled back and started beating people up. Not literally by the end of Lavanier. So that's a, a huge talent. Then Morgado is a huge talent. As, correct. As a 19-year-old. It's easy to forget that, but this guy's really bloody talented and he's got that, he's got that, that Pogacar rockstar feeling when I see him on the bike, you know? It's like yeah. the Ayuso rockstar feeling, and Morgado is like, I love him as a rider. His mustache is amazing. He rides the way I like people to ride, aggressive and so forth, but I expect a slight bit more when it comes to his U23 results last year. Yeah. It was... I mean... I'm pretty sure he already had a UAE contract basically sewn up at the end of 22, yeah. but you're right. Like, Lavenir, Giro Ciclisto de la Valladolid de Mont Blanc, Giro U23, nothing. Like, not even sniffing yeah. the top 10 in any stage, in the biggest stage races. And then Worlds, he was good, uh, but also that you want to see Group 2 dynamics. Poor, that group chasing Laurence was despicable. <laughs> um, I can't remember. One guy was trying to work in it. One guy may, was trying to work in it. And anyway. But yeah, Morgado, very, very highly rated from Hagen's Berman Axion. Uh, sort of all-rounder, I would say. Uh, Igor Arrieta from Equipo Kern Pharma. He is the son of Jose Luis Arrieta, who was yep. a Movistar director who uh, left... Movistar uh, sort of acrimoniously. And so Arietta, not the biggest talent, but certainly a nice rider. And he won't be on the yeah. that much money. And just a, also a Spanish speaker, obviously. And uh, Paul, you've already mentioned, and Barancini I really, really like. So Barancini's yes. had, he won the U23 World Championships road race. He went to Trek. And we've said this before, but if you look at Trek's, incoming neo pros they get the best of the best they really get they bring in the best of the best european champs world champs Sim, simmons yeah apart from Bristinger, that one's a little, a little bit strange um and barancini crashed yep. all the time he crashed he broke his elbow like twice in in uh two and a half years or basically two years and so that doesn't leave you much chance to perform and he was really good doing a lead out for tibonace in 
Wallany, I was yes. impressed. So the back end of this year, you won't see it on PCS, but he's really good. And, and uh, Italian Classics, he'll slot in nicely there. And in the Italian Championships, which for some reason I watched the Italian Championships, but like I barely watched the other ones. And he was in one of the final groups. And if I recall, with about three kilometers to go, he had a puncture, which then eventually led to him not being able to sprint for the victory, which I think he would have won. So he could have been Italian champion if not for his puncture in the final few kilometers, right. which also doesn't show on his results. So it's like, to know how decent this guy is, you need to have seen the races. Yeah, and he... So that's a really, really good pickup by them uh, as well. So uh, don't be surprised to see him being... If people are like, who is this guy? No one picked this guy. Well, just didn't have the best run of luck in his near pro year. So yeah, it's actually heavy on younger guys. Uh, their transfers... I like it. Yeah, it is, because like last year they brought in one Neo Pro, which was Jan Kristen, and he only joined, I think, in August. Yes. Uh, so they didn't bring in any Neo Pros or young guys last year. It was, it was all guys over 25, just about. The year before was the younger guys. Uh, not all of them worked out. Well, some are younger, like, actually, this is, yeah, this is a big change for them. So... Interesting to see. They're going younger and younger. Uh, but yeah, there's one experienced ruler in there, and it's sort of climby boys uh, is the rest, or Italian classics, heel classics style guys. So I would rate... How would I rate their transfers? Um, I still think they're missing a ruler, so I can't give it an A+. But the, all the guys they did sign, I really, really like. And all the guys they let go, I can see why they did, because like Groschartner can do Formolo's role probably more, yep. even more happily. Um, yeah. All right. Now the contentious discussion, Benji. <laughs> How do we allocate the Grand Tours amongst these all these GC riders? I think it's very difficult. Obviously, there's three Grand Tours, Giro Tour Vuelta. Let's start with the first one, Giro d'Italia. What I would like to see is Adam Yates as leader in the Giro, but I'm going to disagree with what one of the leaders has said in the last four months, which is Almeida has said he wants to do the Tour de France. I think he should do the Giro d'Italia. And the reason I believe that is because if Remco is not there, if Roglic is not there, then he was third on the podium. Then if he gets even a little bit closer, or Thomas gets a little bit worse, then he can also compete for a potential victory at the Giro, while Adam Yates can also try and do that. So then they've got two options of winning the Giro d'Italia, which is going to be more likely a victory than if you send one rider. So I believe I like the Yates Almeida do. And in addition to that, he's also one of the riders where, no offense Almeida, but I don't see you winning the Olympic road race. I don't see you winning the world championships in Zurich. So I'm thinking maybe a Giro Vuelta double again for him in that sense. And with Adam Yates, I'm doubting then whether it's Giro Vuelta or, or Giro Tour or something. Because like Adam Yates is really valuable at the Tour de France as well, you know? Yeah, I think you're right. Like when you look at the two individual time trials, one is kind of hilly, but then why shouldn't I use so do the Giro then? He's good in the because cold conditions. He's raced, he won the Giro U23. Good, good-ish TT. I have a reason why. The reason I chose Almeida for the Giro over Yuzo and Yuzo for the Tour de France next to Pogacar over the Giro is because what is Almeida going to do as a dual leader? Ayuso can at least try to attack. Yeah. Almeida just 
<laughs> he's in motors. <laughs> vroom, vroom. <laughs> like, he just does all made of things. And that's not something where I feel like that's going to put Vingegaard in any trouble. I think you're right. I think you... But then... Don't you really, really, really want to win the Giro? Like, Roglic is gone. He's not doing the Giro. Remco is not doing the Giro. They really, really got to win the Giro. So, but then you, uh, they probably don't want to pair Almeida and Ayuso together after the Vuelta. So, I think Yates think and Almeida have a realistic chance of winning the Giro yeah, against yeah. Thomas. Definitely, definitely. And it's a good course for both of them, I think. And also, okay, I, I agree. Jay Vine, I have a difficult time figuring out where to send him throughout the season, but I feel like the Giro is more likely at this point. No, we send you the Giro. We send him to the Tour de France. He's good in the hot weather. But yeah, Giro Velta. That's double. the thing. You now have yeah, but okay. Say Ayuso goes to the Tour. Do you and Yates isn't? But does Michael decline? I mean, Michael was actually really good at the back end of the Tour this year, but and Polonia afterwards, he came. He was mm -hmm. really good then. But do you send instead of Yates and Micah, Sivakov and Vine? And then Ayuso is the co-leader. Mm -hmm. That's the, the thing that I have. Is Giro Tour Double viable for Adam Yates to do that? I wouldn't do it with him. I wouldn't. Because then you would indeed have to replace Adam Yates, and, and Vine is one of the names that immediately comes up. Sivakov, yeah. I don't see him at that spot yet. I see him as I a domestique before be it. Yeah, he's done it before, like, on previous years that weren't as high level. Yeah, yeah. But it's but like... But in the eighth spot, according to you. As in, yeah. Like, he so can't Ayuso, do the... You... I don't think he can do the same domestique work, but yeah. I think he's a good co-leader. Obviously, Pogacar's number one, but he's a good co-leader to... to wreck some chaos. And then, like, I think it'd be... You can, you can imagine Vine... On like I don't know the that stage seventeen, it's like six k seven percent. Yeah, where Pagacha just says just ten minutes like yeah. full gas, um, yeah. and burn you blow yourself up. So, yeah. okay, well that's like five climbers, <laughs> so, and then Pollitt got it. Pollitt got to go. Yeah, that's Tour de France, right? Yeah, Tour de France. We have Pogacha, Ayuso, Sivakov, Mika. Bullet nah, I, did, I didn't take Mica. You can't take Mica. You, you, you ditch Mica. You can't. You have to choose. I'm not sure they're gonna choose between those two. I think Mica's well, dead set to go to the Tour de France. Maybe they get Vine to just focus on one weeks. Sorry, but the disrespect. But they, <laughs> but he can go and win, or try to compete at one weeks. Yeah, but a lot of these riders can. So, yeah, but that's the thing. Like, who will be happier? Who will be happier to do that? Sivakov won't be happier to do that. He wants to do the tour. Yeah, but I don't you know. can combine it. Eh? You can do two fronts and have one week's around it. Eh? But they got to take Bjerg. They got to take Pollard. Yeah. Were they supposed to take Wellens this year? Was he on the long list and then got injured? I don't know. He was injured at I think so. Tour of Flanders, and as a consequence, he yeah, didn't he race for a while. And because of that, I think he wasn't in, but it's also like he's got his, his like 
warm for sun allergy thing. He's allergic and to I the sun. I don't know how that's going to influence him at the Tour de France because there's historically pretty good sun in France <laughs> in the summer. Dude, yeah, the massive central in July notoriously <laughs> not a <laughs> not that cold. Um, <laughs> I don't know if he's if he's fixed that, but yeah, if he assuming he has, I would also take him over. I would have him down, uh, yeah. well as a versatile yeah. guy. So that's gonna be tricky. Uh, so there, where does he go? Giro Vuelta. Giro I see Vuelta. that possible. Yeah. And McNulty, another another one of those names that would have been in the Tour de France team, where I'm like, like I don't think he's proven to be in that right now. Oh, didn't I say Poggy should be... No, Poggy should be doing the Giro. <laughs> you completely switched now. <laughs> I forgot that, yeah, he should do the Giro. Just clean it. It's freebie. I don't want to see that. I want Adam Yates and Almeida at the Giro. I don't want Pogacar at the Giro. I know Pogacar can clean the Giro, but the Tour de France is more important than the Giro. And I feel like giving up before you even try... Is not how I see Pogacar. Yeah, maybe Giro Tour double, and no, I would skip. I would skip the classics and do Giro Tour double personally. But I think he will do the Tour Vuelta double. I think he'll do Tour. Then I think he'll do but the Vuelta as well. You're you're saying Tour Vuelta double, but how realistic is that with Pogacar also being willing to win in Zurich and being willing to win Olympics? I think that's okay. Yeah, uh, not ideal, not ideal. Uh, but I think it's okay. But he's gotta skip uh trying to be in shape at fucking Andalusia, man. <laughs> like, he's gotta <laughs> give that away. Uh but he, he only had 49 race days this year. And so then if he gives away Andalusia and then has a pretty limited prep for the tour. Yeah, then he's still at 70 race days. That's a lot, but it'll be less with you'd have to probably give away some Italian classics. I think he could do it. I think he could do a 60, 67 race days. That's, that'd be okay. But I don't know. Uh, but I'd like to see him do the welter. I think it really, really suits him. So I'd love to yeah. see him back there. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The classics. Is he going to do all the hill classics again, Benji? Or is he going to, like, again, is he going to do E3 tune-up, Tour of Flanders, then the, the hill classics, straight into then... Uh, Altitude, Dauphiné, uh, Altitude, Tour. I actually don't know. As in, does Pogacar want to risk it again like he did last year by doing that many? Like, the more classics you do, the more chance you have of crashing out. Yeah. Is how I perceive that. And Tour of Flanders and E3, I'm not sure if he's going to do Tour of Flanders again. Man, but I think he really liked it. He said he really likes the yeah. race. Uh, and he's the best thing is, Pogacar likes half the fucking season. If you give him yeah. a plate of picking, pick the buffet of races, 
He's going to do 365 <laughs> races next year. Like he's going to do two races per day if possible. So no more one two challenge. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like I, mean, I, don't, I don't know if that's being scrapped this year. Maybe the, the women's. He's got to. He's got to give. Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Uh, if he wants to do everything, so I uh, think it'd be really. I can't. I cannot wait to hear their team. Their team presentation announcements of their calendars because it's really difficult. Yeah, because like outside of Pogacar for the classics, you do have other riders. Eh? Paul it Wellens, yeah. Wellens, Bjerg, Short Bucks. I think in Roubaix was pretty pretty long. He was in that last group for a while. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, but you've got filler like Rui Oliveira and Langen, but also I'm curious to see Baroncini and Hill and Cobble Classics as an Italian Classics fit for him. I'm wondering yeah. if the, the Cobble combination works as well. Hilly Classics, you've got Hirschi, Groschartner, all those riders combining to, uh, together, but you're McNulty. right. In... Send McNulty to the Hill Classics. Agree, fully agree. But in the Cobble <laughs> Classics like... and the Hill Classics, if you send Pogacar, he's leader. That's something that's clear. Yeah. Same goes for the Italian classics. And if Yates does the Giro, he can't he can't do the Hill Classics, I don't think, after Amstel. Yeah. So that's a problem. And he would be I'd love to see Yates in Liege. Uh he'd be cooking. So very, very difficult. And this is so this is we we've done this long discussion and we, we mm -hmm. don't we can't pick every team, but I think I've said tongue in cheek, yeah, probably to the Giro. I do think it it is a good idea but the reality is they've already pretty much uh, I, nixed that idea they've already pretty much said it's not happening so we haven't it's not realistic i would send pogachar to lbl to play with remco's head before the tour de france because if you can beat him at lbl you're punching him in the ego and then it's all or nothing <laughs> for remco at the tour de france that's added pressure because yeah, like the only problem the only problem is he's He's gonna beat Jonas, not Remco. <laughs> I know, <laughs> I know, but it's funny. <laughs> I want to see them. I want to see them go head to head in the age because that would have been so awesome this year. Yes. That would have been fantastic this year. That was a shame with Pogacar's crash. Um, yeah, but anyway, uh, long discussion about this to come to the sort of the broader point that I think we are now reaching a critical threshold. Yes. Where it's going to be borderline impossible for UAE to keep everybody happy. Now, they've done a, a pretty good job of it to date, with some notable <laughs> exceptions of Ayuso and Almeida. Yeah. Um, oh, but like Yates, I think Yates was perfectly happy with his 2023. Uh, he should uh, be. I agree. Yeah. Like, fucking the fucking Tour de France, man. So, but I think we're reaching a critical point now where if you keep stacking in second tier gc guys who all have been said yeah yeah you get leadership you get leadership world tour racing it's going to be really hard if they're all fit to keep people Mate, happy so i think we're going to see only, more chaos on the road this year there's only eight leadership spots in catalonia mate they can't get more than eight <laughs> gc leaders <laughs> but i i fully agree that's the critical point they reached but they've also reached a critical point in my opinion where Pogacar is not just going to be able to choose his calendar based on the races he really wants to win, but more on trying to win the important races he wants to win. As in, I believe that he's going to do a more select classic season this year, and that's why I believe that LBL might be the one, and not RVV. Or, or maybe he does the other way around, but 
I think it's going to be more limited because he might not want to limit himself at the absolute top races because I do believe that Tadej Pogacar is... He's, he's done with getting chopped up by Onas. Yeah. The thing is, they, they're still looking for that genuine, like, Remco Roglic level. Like, Yates was so good on the tour, but he really wasn't a threat to Jonas. Yep. Like, Jonas didn't chase to pull Yates back on stage one. Like, he didn't react to that. So, it's but still a lot on, on Pogaccia here. That's why it's also interesting that they're going for that young signings strategy yeah. of trying to get as much young GC talent in there. Like, Ayuso probably had, hasn't reached this peak. I'm expecting, like, a year where he just levels up to the point that he's like, oh, fuck. He is Pogacar's brother now. His Spanish brother. And, like, if that happens in 2024 and you send Pogacar and Ayuso to the Twitter France, then we're going to see some absolute light show at the Twitter France. Like... Even if Ayuso is at the level of Pogacar 2023, the combination of those two will make the race very interesting, in my opinion. I think we will see of the riders contracted through 2026 out of Ayuso, Almeida, McNulty, we will see one of them force a, force a departure at the end of 24. I or think you use a, a really big blow up. The problem is, how do you get bought out from UAE? Um, but I think that's, I think that will happen. Um, and you think Ayuso is the most likely candidate? Yeah, I feel I like Ayuso is the most likely candidate because I feel like he's the most ambitious of the second tier GC riders. He wants to conquer yeah. the world. And if it feels like somebody's going to stop him from conquering the world, he's going to try and find someone else to work with to conquer the world. So yeah. that's how I perceive that. And I don't think that's arrogance, Eden. I, I see that as like, like, I kind of no, want to see him. He's good as fuck, man. <laughs> I want to see him succeed at some point. Yeah. It's a masterpiece to like look at. Like, sometimes I dislike that writers with actual personality that dare to say what they think get so criticized in this sport because of the traditional thinking going on. And Yuzo is an example, just like Remco was, for example. So, if I was a yeah. rider, if I was, if I was even half decent, I would turn up to the Tour de France team's presentation dressed like Gary Oldman, Tim Roth, Adrian Brody <laughs> on the Prada catwalk, dressed as villains. I would look like a Count Dracula. I'd just go full heel. Uh, we need a full heel. Not in a Moscow yeah. way, like in a more funny way. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. But yeah, I used to like a 20 years old podium the Vuelta. Like we say no results, but podium the yeah. Vuelta at 20 years old is, uh, <laughs> is okay. Exactly. So I agree that that seems to be, that's going to be something to really keep an eye on, I think, uh, next, next year. What would you like to see them achieve, Benji? I think, like, what do you think? I think their goal will be to win all three Grand Tours. We're all, do the, do the Yumbo Step beat, one is winning Yumbo one season. I think step one is winning one Grand yeah. Tour. Because that's gonna beat already their Grand Tours in 2023. So my list is like win a Grand Tour, win a monument, ideally two. Success throughout the entire season. Because that's why they built this team for the UCI World Tour ranking and so forth. I want to see Wellens win the Bingo Bongo Tour. I want to see some 
I don't know, someone win through the Swiss or something. Uh, next to Pogacar cleaning up some one-week races in addition to trying to win the Tour de France. Jay Vine trying to win Santos Tour and Under again, stuff like that. Out of the team's presence, world champion Pogi and Zuri would be pretty cool to see, won't lie. There's a year that we need to have a Pogacar world champion. It needs yeah. to happen. Good course like, for him. Exactly. But it's also a good course for like Remco, for example, even though Pogacar is easier to finish it off better. But in Wollongong, for example, he didn't get to finish it off. But like, what I want to see from them is competitiveness as all three Grand Tours in addition to winning one. Yep. They need to podium uh, all three Grand Tours at least, and they need to win one. They, Ideally, yeah, the Tour. A minimum, yeah. And then they got to win a monument, and maybe two, and then, yeah, yeah. World Champ Poggy is a little bit outside of their control, but uh, uh, yeah, he'd be hoping for probably a medal at the Olympics, too, and I dare say. I want a one, two, three, five. No, a one, two, three, four, five in an Italian classic. Sorry, but that has to happen. That's your goal, I'm watching. I reckon we're going to see two, three, four, five in GC <laughs> at a race. Oh. <laughs> Imagine. Uh, I'd love to see that. Jay. I'd love to see Jay the tour ripping it up. Um, I think it really suits him. It's hot conditions. So I'd love to see him uh, in good shape at the tour, uh, personally. Obviously. Uh, and also some one-week race. I'd love to see McNulty as the Hill Classics too. I think there's really some unexplored potential with him there. Uh, time yeah. for the uh, prediction of their World Tour number of victories, Benji. They won 28 World Tour races in 2023. They, in 2022, they won... 28 or 29? I counted 29, but I could be wrong. 18 in 2022. In mm -hmm. 2028... Uh, 2024, sorry. 2028. What year are we in? 2023? <laughs> no, 28, according to PCS. Okay. And in 2021, it was 14. So they're adding four into So next year, I'm going to predict. Milano's good. Sipikov's in. Yes. Good. I'll predict 31. I believe that Milano might not be able to repeat his three World Tour victories. Arkhamon's out, McNulty, but I think they can replace those Giro stage wins. I believe Adam Yates will also once again be successful in at least one stage in a Grand Tour. I think Pogacar, I kind of believe that he might win more than two stages at a Grand Tour next year. Um, I'm going to go with... With the team that they brought in. In addition to that... The team that they brought in might not win that many. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. I'm going to go with... 30. Okay, we've got 31 for me. Mike. And... 30 for Benji for context. Yumbo won 38 this year, but they have three sprinters on the roster, which makes things easier. At first, I wasn't going to go for like a number like 34, but the more I think about it... It's really hard. Well, you, reach a, you reach a point where it's... Without sprinters, really, yeah. really hard. Exactly. So I'm going for, for my 30. Like Hot the, the ones they do win are like one day, like their one-day classics. Uh, has Poggy won Strata? 
Yes, he has. He has. Strade Bianca. Last year, right? My dumb? The one he where did. he rode away and had that major solo? Oh, uh, yeah. What's he, what one day has he got left to win? MSR. Yes. And Roubaix. Yes. Okay. All right. Any hot takes for this it's team, still Benji? Still Victor. <laughs> still Price Victor and uh, the <laughs> Omnub van Houtland. Super 8 Classic. <laughs> he could actually compete for Houtland, probably. <laughs> I know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a gravel kind of thing, like Antwerport Epic. Does he win the Hoofer gravel race? The Hoofer Lisa one? <laughs> I don't know, man. He could. He hasn't won TDU yet. Washed. Um, scared to come down here. The Any hot takes for this team, Benji? It is difficult. They're just going to um, do what they do, I think. Yeah. There's no significant changes in management, although Inigo San Milan, who was the uh, like co-head of performance, as I understand, with uh, SWAT, who's a South African who mm -hmm. co-owns Science to Sport with Wakefield, another South African who was at UAE and now is at Bora Hansgrohe, because then Dan Lorang, the Luxemburger, went up to like manage the performance team into like the Hajbul role. Uh, anyway, San Milan has taken a job at Atletico Bilbao uh, in the Basque country. He's Basque as their head of performance. I understand he's still both a professor at Colorado, in, a university in Colorado, and he, I, I, I thought he was still coaching five or six riders on UAE, which might have included, well, it did include Pogaccia. He was Pogaccia's coach. So I don't know whether he is still Pogaccia's coach in 2024. I think he is because he, in Luke will bring it up if I'm wrong, but UAE in their team announcement, they listed all their staff for 2024. And I believe uh, he was still listed, but I think he's no longer like head of performance and that's all sword. Uh, so what change that means on the road? Impossible to know. But it's just, uh, I like talking about staff movements. I haven't, I'm going to say that Pogacar is going to lose Algarve to Remco. <laughs> Not sure if that's a hot take. <laughs> the Hoodroo just fits Remco, so that's why. <laughs> Do they have two climbs in Algarve? Yeah, Alto de Foya and Mayao. Uh, <laughs> and then is there the a statue of Remco on Foya yet? I don't know. Just Mayao. Yeah. All right, Agave start list is going to be stacked. It is going yes. to be stacked, that start list. Why are we avoiding hot takes? How can we not figure out I just don't have any. I mean, are you so break? Are you so leaving, like getting angry? Like, what is it? What is there? Like, yeah, like, is it a hot take for me to say that I don't think Poggy's going to win the tour? Like, he's not the tour favorite. Like, um, and I, yeah, but I got, it's boring I got to say that Vingegaard wins the Tour de France, so I'm gonna go with, I'm gonna go with, Ayuso wins Ayuso, the Tour de France. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. You got there. You go. There you go. You warmed up. I mean, <laughs> then Wallens wins it. <laughs> I gotta do. I always gotta do the uh, Poggy. You know, hating Poggy as a as a bit, but I don't. So I don't want to do that. I have to do that all year, so I can't be bothered to do that in their preview. Um, <laughs> Thank you.
They don't podium a Grand Tour. Nah, not fucking happening. Yeah, I'm going Yates to the point collapse. that Yates podiums two Grand Tours. It's a hot take, Benji. That's the point. It's unlikely to happen. <laughs> it's extremely unlikely. <laughs> yeah, they don't podium a Grand Tour. It's like some of these teams, like with Yumbo as well, there's like such limited hot takes that are positive that you can push that you kind of have to go for a negative one oh, no, to be able to have a hot Yumbo. take. Oh, no. I disagree. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> well, Borahan's well, get. Uh, I'm about to show up on their team mid Grand Tour and he stays in the same GC position. <laughs> I'm about to show up on the Yumbo pod with Yumbo's not going to put him any Grand Tour. <laughs> possible. That's a hot take. <laughs> it's possible. Um, anything's possible. Oh, yes. That's us, UAE preview. Uh, I do think they're very short on rulers. And they haven't fixed that problem, even with Pollard, when I look at the roster. And so, uh, I think uh, I think that's going to continue to be a problem for them. But they're still going to win a lot of races, and they're still going to be very successful. And I uh, can't wait to see Poggy against Jonas in the Tour next year, if indeed that is the race he does. But it's time for my story time. I'm not leaving yet, Benji. It's time for my story time. <laughs> so. I was at coffee the other day, just getting, getting uh, breakfast, as you know. On a, on a diet at the moment. I'm flying. Thanks for asking. Um, anyway, couple next to me, next to us, uh, probably having a pretty intense chat for 6.45 in the morning. And they end up, I, I don't know if they were breaking up, but it was like, it was not good. It was not good. And anyway, they leave. On the table is a full slice of banana bread. Pre-sliced, pre-sliced into squares, right? And bear in mind, I'm running a thousand calorie deficit a day, and at this point in the day, you know, it looked to me like a sign from the gods. And I hadn't tasted the banana bread at this establishment yet. I've never done this before. And I was like, surely I can just take a corner, you know? Like they're gone. It's a whole slice of banana bread, and it's pre-sliced as well. It's not like a muffin. If someone's bitten out of a muffin left on the table, I'm not gonna fucking eat that. And I thought, and yeah, they basically like, it's like the, the, the banana bread also has sadness in it, you know? So I was like, <laughs> from, from what went down, is it play on to take a, have a, had to try it out? I did. And Mrs. Rouge was like, you're fucked. She's like, <laughs> she's, she, she was like, we have to leave. Um, <laughs> come back here again. I tried. Anyway, it wasn't that good. It wasn't that good. <laughs> So I also saved myself probably six bucks. I won't buy it there. Uh, the rest of it. So you ended with sadness. No, no, no sadness because it cost me nothing. I haven't got sick yet from it. So is that play on? What do people think? I think it is evidently. What do you think, Benji? Mate, I don't care. It's just, weird, just abnormal <laughs> behavior probably. It's like, it's not really, it's not like illegal. It's just abnormal behavior, I guess. Oh, I can't oh. wait to uh, I can't wait to bring <laughs> you to a to a Belgian free tour just for you to start eating other people's foods. No, I've never done this before <laughs> in my life. <laughs> but it was just there. It was like, you, you just jump into the kitchen, and start making was, food yourself. It, no, it was because it was pre-sliced. It's like a <laughs> tasting plate. 
It's like when they put it out on the counter, a tasting plate. <laughs> and they do that with banana bread sometimes. What's the difference? Yeah. Uh, and yeah, we might, we might be, don't tell anyone, uh, but we might be going to Belgium next year for the classics and visiting it for a tour and making some Woo! content and riding around. So if any pros want to join us, looking at you, William LeSurf, uh, for a ride around some of the famous climbs in Flanders, hit us up because uh, we're making some cool stuff there. and. Uh, I'll be showing Benji some Flemish artwork as well because we can't all be fun in games. Got to do some art tools. But that was the UAE preview. I uh, hope you enjoyed it and we'll see you with uh, Decathlon, Azure Desert, Le Mondial, Citroën uh, next. Ciao. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 